How many of you have like a special event or something that you look back to in your life and just makes you smile? You love to remember it. That is so great. There's some really cool things that happen in most people's lives. Um, Tonight, we're going to ask a question because we're going to have the Lord's Supper. We're going to take communion. We're going to ask, what does the Lord's Supper mean? And the simple answer to that question is that we are remembering a special event. uh, Something that should just make us smile and cause our heart to rejoice. We're going to remember what Jesus did for us by his death, his burial, and his resurrection. And I don't know if you saw on the news or, uh, uh, you know, television or one of those flat screen things, you guys carry around either this big or this big but um, there was some uh, archaeologists that were studying the tomb of Jesus and scientifically uh, they've corroborated that it's very ancient the rock that they were studying is very ancient and it's the right time frame for Jesus so National Geographic is a special on that you might want to check it out you scientifically minded people to see about the historical event of Jesus death and resurrection So tonight we're going to think about what does it mean to take the Lord's Supper. Um, Can I tell you a story? Yeah. One of my special holidays is the 4th of July. Anybody love blowing things up besides me? I mean, like, I think God created me especially to blow things up. Uh, And I... I was raised by a dad who really believed in firecrackers. And fortunately for him, his father had bought like a vacation home on Samilk Beach, which is near Anacortes, and that's near an Indian reservation. And you know what is legal to buy in mass quantities at Indian reservations? Explosives. Okay, so I'm just a little kid. And I'm just looking forward to the 4th of July. We're going to Smilk Beach, going to the vacation cabin. Everybody's going to be there, and there will be firecrackers. And I'm singing hallelujah. Let's blow things up. And we, there was a, the cabin was up on a bluff, and you walk down about 25 steps to the beach, and there's all sorts of sand, and if you build the sand in a pile and put a firecracker in it, boom, it's just like you make a crater, and that's very exciting. And if you take an old can of baked beans that your mom isn't using anymore, you just put the firecracker under it and go, boom, and you launch it, and you feel like, yes, almost an astronaut. And then I just love looking forward to Independence Day. I really didn't know what that meant, but it meant blowing things up and celebrating, and that was great. And then I became a history major and learned that we got free from the tyranny, supposedly our our perception was the tyranny of King George in England. We got our independence from that country and became our own thing. Yeah. So let's pump it up for history majors. Um, Just like the 4th of July is a day to remember U.S. independence from England, so Passover in the Bible is a day to remember God's people's independence from Egyptian slavery. And did you know that the, the Lord's Supper is based on the Passover meal? 
Passover meal where they're remembering their Independence Day? Yeah, that's pretty cool. They didn't have firecrackers, but they had this most amazing pillar of fire every night. Humongous fire from heaven. That's, that's probably better than firecrackers. Amazing. So Jesus took this Passover meal and gave it fuller meaning. Our independence or our revolution is not from slavery to Egypt, like the first bit of God's people. It's not from the tyranny of England, like the United States. But our revolution is freedom from slavery to Satan and to sin. There should be a slide up here. We're we're rooted in... And revolution is the name of our message. What's the next slide? Should be like 1 John 5.19. This is really bad news, you guys, but this is the truth. And you've got to get this down so you can understand what the Lord's Supper is all about. It says, we know that we are children of God and that the whole world is under the control of the evil one. Wow. Doesn't that sound creepy? It actually is, because it's true. Have you ever wondered why the world is so screwed up? It's because it is ruled by Satan. The Bible clearly teaches that. That this, that this world is under the rule of a usurper king, Satan. Not under the rule of God fully, yet. So what is the Lord's Supper? It's the good news remembering that amazing event where the deliverer, where the rescuer Jesus comes to planet Earth, fully God and fully human, and liberates captive humanity from Satan's rule. If we will but believe in what Jesus did for us on the cross, that breaks the power of Satan's rule in our individual lives sets us free from the tyranny of sin, that compulsion to do wrong and disobey God. Wow. This is a time tonight when we remember how Jesus' death, his resurrection, sets us free from sin and Satan. Our next slide uh, is a 1 John 3.8. The one who does what is sinful is of the devil which is like the whole planet. Because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. Satan is leading the whole world astray, prompting everyone to sin and to break God's ways of doing life, taking good things and twisting them. God sent his son Jesus to destroy the devil's work of corruption And to start righting all the wrongs. Our troubles began a very long time ago in a land far, far away. Where our great, 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 great grandparents were instructed by the Lord God 
to enjoy the beautiful earth that he had created. And that they were to live in such a way as to bring his very, ca- uh, very character, his very image to every inch of the, the earth to beautify it with the very nature of God himself. We were to rule over it and make it just a great place to reflect God's character. Let's read about that. You're going to have to turn in your Bible right to the very beginning on the left side of the book. Turn to Genesis 1, the very first chapter. We're going to start in verse 26 and just read three verses. This is exactly the intention that God has for every man, woman, and child on this earth. Are you in Genesis 1, verse 26? Then God said, when you read stuff like that, does it just kind of give you a liver shiver? It's like, whoa. The creator God spoke. And do you know that about God? We serve a God who speaks. He's given us a whole book full of his words. If you want to know God, right here, peeps. Right there. Okay. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish and the, and the sea and the birds in the sky and over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And then God blessed them in verse 28, and he said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number and fill the earth. Fill the earth, by implication, with his image. And subdue it, which is a fancy word, which means make it orderly, as I am orderly. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and over every living creature that moves along the ground. How does God rule in love and in generosity? How are we to rule over this planet he's given us in love and generosity? Just like our living God, we're supposed to be like him and spread that everywhere. Yeah. So, why are you placed on planet Earth? Why are you alive? Why am I here? This is a fundamental question, isn't it? These verses answer it. Why am I here? Why are you here? To reflect God's image everywhere. In the way we relate to one another, the way we work, uh, the way we take care of the environment, the way we take care of the fish and the birds and the beasts. Wow. Hmm. I just have to say this. It almost sounds anti-American. Wink, wink. Because it is. It's not about making money. It's not about greed. It's not about bettering ourselves. It's about acting like God. We're going to better our fellow man. We're going to take care of our planet. Not make a profit. Ooh, I'm preaching now. But this is God's word. 
Do you see how Satan has come and twisted the good purposes of God to where it's all about me, myself, and I and making a lot of money so I can play endless video games and do nothing? Oh, was I preaching again? Just nod if it hurt. Okay, good. Um, So how did that original command of God go? Well, take a look in Genesis, what is it, 2, verses 15 through 17. It says, The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it. Work has always been God's plan for you. <laughs> Make a note. <laughs> Working is God's plan for me. Um, that might be a shock to some of you. Um, I say that gently. I once was young. I once really liked lying on the couch. Oh, I still do. But now I do it after I come home from work. Gosh, I'm preaching. Uh, And the Lord God commanded the man. Whoa, did you hear that? God commanded the man. Did you know we serve a God who commands us? Honestly, God commands us. Now you've got it, right? Okay, he's the boss, not you anymore. Good. And the Lord God commanded the man, you're free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat from it, you will certainly die. So he just gave him one command, and then sinister music. You got some sinister music going on in your head? Really dark. Mm-hmm. Deep, dissonant. Got it? Verse, chapter, one, ver, uh, chapter 3, verse 1. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other wild animal the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? Do you notice how he twisted things and formed his question? She heard what he said. Oh, we may eat from the trees in the garden, but God did not say you must not eat. But God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that's in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you're going to die. What does Satan say? You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Well, when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took it and ate. She also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized that they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. In Genesis 2, God says, don't eat from this tree. In Genesis 3, Satan tempts the woman and the man, and they follow his lead. They listen to Satan's words. The planet God gave the first people to care for and rule over was supposed to be a kingdom that reflected God's image everywhere. Now whose image does our planet reflect? Satan. Because the first man and woman started listening to the words of the Satan. And humans have been doing that ever since. 
Check what goes on in your head and how much of it are you listening to that isn't God's voice to you. We already established that God is a God who speaks. God is a God who commands. But how much of that that we're listening to in our head is not God speaking and commanding us? Hey, so what does Jesus say? If this is the condition of planet Earth, what does Jesus, our deliverer, our rescuer, our savior say? Let's have a look at some of these things up on the screen. Uh, John twelve thirty one. Now is the time for judgment on this world. Now the prince of this world will be driven out. Why did Jesus come? To drive out the prince, the ruler of this world, Satan himself. Is this the usual spin that you get on the Lord's Supper? I'm hoping I'm adding a fuller dimension to you. Then there's John 14, verse 30 on the next slide. Jesus says, I will not say much more to you, for the prince of this world is coming, and he has no hold over me. Jesus knows that he can beat Satan. He knows that that Satan can't hold him. He's the only one because he is sin-free. He has always obeyed the Father. And then John 16, 11 is another thing um, that Jesus says. And about judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. The prince of this world now stands condemned. By what Jesus has done by living a perfectly sinless life in complete obedience to the Father like Adam and Eve should have, The false rule of Satan now stands condemned. And Jesus is driving him out and breaking the power of his rule and the rule of sin in each of our lives by his death and his resurrection from the dead. Question, you ever done anything wrong? Ever done anything that you knew was wrong? A couple people, okay. Where did the thought come from to start those actions to do wrong? From your head. And where did the thoughts in your head come from? I would argue they probably came from the same place uh, that Adam and Eve's temptation came from. From the devil. We have all repeatedly followed the lead of Satan's words that he plops into our heads and have become slaves. And that is why Jesus came. Let's do 1 John five nineteen again. The reason that Jesus had to come is because the whole world is under the control of the evil one. Do you see that now? And just like God's people had become slaves to the Egyptians, we have become slaves to Satan. And just as God's people needed deliverance from their slavery so they could be the people of God as a demonstration to the world what the people of God ought to look like, we too need to be delivered from slavery to Satan and sin so we as the new people of God can show the world what living as a human is supposed to look like under the rule of God and as we co-rule this planet with him. Can we set ourselves free? No, we need a miracle. Just like those first people needed a miracle, like the Red Sea crossing and all that, and deliverance, we need a miracle. Can we set ourselves free from temptation and giving in to sin? No. 
We need the miracle man, Jesus, the sinless one, to die for us and then pass on to us his very nature through his spirit to get free. Hmm. 1 John 3, 8. Let's see that again. The reason Jesus came was to destroy the devil's work. Aren't you grateful for Jesus tonight? But now, as his rescued people, we once again must start showing his image everywhere. This is why we pray in the Lord's Prayer, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We're supposed to pray that prayer so that will be foremost on our minds and our hearts. Am I showing the world what the kingdom of God is like? What the rule of God is like? This is the revolution you and I have joined. We are in revolution against the false uh, kingdom of the devil. We, We are against the usurper prince. We're revolting against him. We are taking back planet earth. We want to bring Christ's kingdom to earth. Our Independence Day is what we remember in the Lord's Supper. That day Jesus died and rose and broke the power of sin and Satan. We were slaves, but now we're set free to shine God's image everywhere. We might not look like some gleaming pillar of fire to everybody, or we might not think that we're that obvious. But as you begin to live for Jesus, you are so obvious. I remember when I was not following Jesus in high school, I knew that crowd of about a dozen Christians, they called themselves, who hung out in this one hall at lunchtime, had these big books with a big X on it. I knew, seriously, This is a true story. I knew they had something that I needed. I didn't know what it was. You guys are shining to all your friends. They are getting it because the Holy Spirit is saying, you need what these people have. Hmm. We are members of Jesus' revolution to dethrone the usurper king. By love and truth, we help our friends and acquaintances join Jesus. And his story of liberation. In conclusion, not only did Jesus die and rise from the dead, he calls you and I to die and rise from the dead. Do we have Romans 6, 3 through 6 on a slide? Hello, Romans. Maybe? Yeah, that was it. Go back. For Whoa. Ah, I'm dizzy. The Apostle Paul says, this is talking about baptism. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we have been united with him in a death like this, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with so that we should no longer be slaves to sin. 
Jesus came to liberate us from sin. It's like not only did Jesus die and rise again, we die to our old life of sin, and we rise to a new life of obedience. This is fantastic. Hmm. Do you need to get baptized? We will have a baptism this year. Decide right now you're going to do it. Do you need to die to your sins? Decide right now, if you haven't already done it, to do it. Or maybe you've fallen back into some. Decide you're going to bonk it over the head again with the power of Jesus and kill it again, okay? Yeah, we can always repent. As we eat the bread tonight and drink the cup, we are declaring that Jesus is our rescuer from Satan's false kingdom. And we join his revolution to reestablish his kingdom on earth. We do that by telling our friends, our roommates, our co-workers what we know about Jesus. You know how we have that give a year meeting? And you know our motto, our slogan in Kyle is like, give a year and pray about a lifetime. I think we have it backwards. I've decided I don't like it anymore. I think the Bible teaches us we are all supposed to serve for a lifetime. Every one of us is a missionary. And we should pray about giving a year of service somewhere. Yo, baby, you heard it here first. Let's close by praying the Lord's Prayer, shall we? Let's stand as we do. Let this prayer be your rededication of living for Jesus and being part of his resolute revolution to bring his kingdom on earth. Let's see if we can do this together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Okay, see me afterwards, Meredith, about the wording. (laughs) Hey, as the worship team comes... Let's prepare our hearts to remember what Jesus has done for us, okay? Let's get ready to be serious with Jesus, worship him with our singing. The way we do communion is um, there's a couple tables in the back. Anytime during the singing, especially in the first three songs, just go back there. They'll offer you the bread and the cup. Take it as you're ready. Take it when you're seriously just thankful for what the Lord has done in your life. Take it when you are totally sold out to doing his will and his will only. Hey, and if you have not yet solidified your allegiance to Jesus, you could do that tonight just by going back and taking the Lord's Supper. As you're taking those elements, say, I'm going to follow you, Jesus, the rest of my life. You could do that. Ready, worship team? Let's worship. Let's worship.